This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sports Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Martin Gabor. It's Tuesday, the 21st of September. In your sport today, an anti-vaxxer loses his contract. FIFA continues the push for more World Cups. The Dally M's final five is revealed. And a commentary mishap. This is your sport today. The big story yesterday was the National Basketball League team, the New Zealand Breakers, releasing player Ty Webster because he doesn't want to get vaccinated against COVID-19. Yeah, that's right, Fez. And this is a big deal because it's the first time that we've seen something like this happen to an athlete in an Aussie comp. So the Breakers are set to start the season in Australia, and that's because the travel bubble isn't open yet between here and New Zealand. When the season does start in November, teams are expected to travel interstate, but only those players who are fully vaxxed. So with Webster unable to move freely around Australia, he's going to leave the club with two years left to run on his contract. The Breakers said that they wish Webster all the best and that they're going to keep the door open for him should he change his mind. Yeah, no sporting league in Australia has made getting jabbed compulsory, but as we've seen with Webster, those who are unvaccinated might not be able to travel around the country once lockdowns lift and borders open up. Yeah, and that's what NBL boss Jeremy Lolinger said just a few weeks ago when there was an outbreak in the Sydney Kings that forced them to stop their pre-season training. He said that the league is going to strongly recommend getting jabbed and that there could be different rules for those who are vaccinated and those who aren't. The AFL and NRL have said the same thing this month, Fez, and when lockdowns do lift in New South Wales, only fully vaccinated people are going to be able to go to sporting events. Yep, that's when the state hits 70% double jabs in people 16 years and over, and that could be coming in less than a month. The NBL season, it starts on November 18. How does a men's football World Cup every two years instead of four sound to you? Well, that's what FIFA, they run the world football. That's what they're looking at bringing in. Uh, apparently, the fans are for it, but the football leagues, not so much. Yeah, the European and South American conferences, they are against it. And that's mainly because they've got their own big tournaments, the Euros and the Copa America, that run in the middle of each World Cup cycle. The reason FIFA's looking into this is because they want to bring more meaning to international matches, and they say that more of those matches and World Cups will raise the talent level and bring in more money fares to develop the game. A survey run by FIFA said that fans were in favour of more World Cups every two years, and now FIFA are going to speak to players, clubs, countries and leagues in a big old online meeting to get their thoughts. That could be the mother of all Zoom <laughs> meetings, Gab. So that's going to be held on September 30. Former Arsenal coach Arsene Wenger is leading the review by FIFA and said a decision could be made by December. Today's trivia question, where is the 2026 Men's World Cup going to be held? 2022 is in Qatar. Gab's 2026, where's it going to be at? All I'm going to say is that it's not in Australia or in Italy. Don't know why I chucked that one in there, but it's not here. I'll tell you, you're correct so far, uh, the answer <laughs> at the end of the show. Rugby League fans will be getting ready for this weekend's preliminary finals, but there's been some news off the field involving Broncos player Anthony Milford. He's been charged with assault after he was arrested on Monday morning following a disturbance. 
Yeah, the alleged incident happened in Brisbane and Milford had to spend the night at a police station. He was given bail and will appear in court next month. What this means for Milford is that the NRL is going to look into what happened and then they'll also hand out their own punishment if necessary. Milford only has one month left on his contract with the Broncos before he joins South Sydney on November 1. Milford was on around a million bucks this year, but is going to be on much less when he moves to the Rabbitohs next season. But that deal could be in some doubt if Milford were to be found guilty. Milford will appear in Brisbane Magistrates Court on October 20. Let's stick with the NRL because we now know who the top five players in the running for this year's Dally M medal are. The race to be named the best and fairest player in the league is down to Manly pair Tom Travojevic and Daly Cherry Evans, Penrith's Nathan Cleary, South Sydney's Cody Walker and Roosters fullback James Tesco. Fez, this is not good for impatient people like me who are going (laughs) to have to wait until next Monday to find out who the winner is. And that's because of the new look format that has split the awards over two nights this year. The first part yesterday looked at the leaderboard from rounds 13 to 19, and that's because Dalian voting is only public until the end of round 12. What we do know, Fez, is that Cleary is in front on 24 points with Trebojevic on 23, Walker and Cherry Evans on 17 and Tedesco on 15. Now, Trebojevic, and he's got the nickname Turbo, which says a lot about his style of play. He had a huge end to the year, and he's tipped to win it because Cleary also missed a few games through injury. Trebojevic did have a win last night. Uh, His try against the Cowboys in round 25 was named try of the year, while Brisbane's Xavier Coates won tackle of the year. There are links in the episode notes to check both of them out. I reckon our Aussie rules listeners could reel off their favourite Dennis Committee line without too much thought. Uh, Centimetre perfect comes to my mind right away. Uh, We haven't heard from him on TV for a while, but he's still been calling games in Perth. And he says this weekend's grand final will be the last footy match he ever commentates. Yeah, I always liked his line, there's Kudafidis, more vowels than possessions today. (laughs) As you said, Fez, Committee said that Saturday's grand final is going to be his last footy match and he'll do it next to his son, Mark, who has become a footy caller as well. Cometti started commentating back in 1972, and he's been inducted into pretty much every Aussie Sports Hall of Fame there is. He'll be commentating out of the aptly named Dennis Cometti Media Centre at Optus Stadium, and if you won for Omens, check this out. The last game he called on television was the 2016 Grand Final, which the Western Bulldogs won. That does sound ominous. Gab's uh, committee's final call will be on Triple M Perth this Saturday. And let's stay with the commentary theme for a second because yesterday in the NFL, we're talking about American football here, the Minnesota Vikings radio call went off as their kicker won the game with no time left on the clock. There was just one problem, Gabs. The kicker missed. Uh, And that's a pretty big problem, isn't it, Fez? Yeah, unfortunately for Vikings fans, this kick wasn't centimetre perfect. They really needed Dennis Committee there to help them out. So what happened was the Vikings were down by a point against the Arizona Cardinals and they had a 37-yard field goal. That's like a penalty kick in rugby right in front with no time left on the clock. As the ball left the boot of Vikings kicker Greg Joseph, the Vikings radio caller called it good, but then realised it missed and he had to quickly correct himself. The whole commentary team couldn't believe it. you got to be kidding me, was said a few times by them. 
Yeah, and uh, oh my God, it's a good <laughs> run too. We won't spoil any more for you. There's a link in the episode notes for you to watch the whole video. Time for Catch This, the stuff that caught our eye or what's coming up. And cricket's back today. Gabs, uh, the Australian women's cricket team take on India from 10 o'clock in Mackay. You can check that out on Network 7 and on Foxtel. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that one, Fez, and I'm going to stick with a similar theme. The Aussie women's football team, that's the Matildas, they're in action tomorrow uh, against the Republic of Ireland in South Dublin. That's on Network 10. Coverage starts at 3.30 a.m. Yep, we'll be up by then, Gabs. Uh, the answer to today's trivia question, where will the 2026 Men's FIFA World Cup be held? Gabs, you were right. It's not Italy and Australia. Hey, one from one. Uh, sort of. <laughs> uh, it's going to be held in the USA, Canada and Mexico. It's going to be the first World Cup with 48 teams up from 32 teams now. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thanks for sticking with us and we'll catch you again tomorrow. Tomorrow.